Welcome back to the Coffee with Kojo podcast, produced by the School of Communication and Journalism at South Dakota State University. My name is Rocky Daly, and I'm an associate professor in the school. This week, student host Sam Schauer talks with Ted Heron, a Kojo graduate and the founder and creative director of Fresh Produce, an advertising and marketing agency in Sioux Falls. I grew up on a farm in southeast South Dakota, outside of Beersford. Um, we call it Norway Center. That's where I that's where I grew up, and I really enjoyed life on the farm. Farming was a lot different back in the '80s when when I started out, and um, you know there was a lot of different livestock, and we had a we had a menagerie of things to do on the farm, and it was a really great place. Okay. Okay. Then, uh, did you go to like, is there like a Beersford high school or did you have to go to a different high school at the time or? Yeah, I went to Beersford high school and then, um, you know, I, the farm life on the farm, like rural small town life was really informative for me. And, um, I think a lot of the, the things that I care about now still relate to that kind of lifestyle. Um, Beersford was a great place in that we had a nice, nice mix of uh, faculty. You know, we had great, great teachers that uh, were were good in the arts. We had good coaches. Um, I feel like the kids, even though we it was a small school, we were exposed to a lot of different things, and we had we had great, um, you know, oral interp coaches, and we had a lot of opportunities to do that kind of stuff. So um, that was a big part of of you know, being a kid for me is participating in things like that. So I had a lot of exposure to the arts, um, which has definitely become part of what I do now, you know, uh, with writing and storytelling and doing a little performing here and there. But I think it all really relates to those mentors and teachers and people back in Beersford. Okay. Okay. So then how did you find yourself at SDSU? I have four older sisters and a few of them went to SDSU and I just kind of followed in their footsteps, I guess. I, I wasn't, uh, I didn't have a real plan for college, you know, like I, I wasn't a great planner. Um, so I, I think, you know, I, I went to SDSU because they enjoyed it and um, I had met some people that were also going to SDSU. So I sort of just... I just kind of found my way there. I don't know if I ever really made a choice. I'm really glad that I did. You know, I had a lot of great experiences at SDSU, but um, I, I was not one of these high school students that had had it all figured out. I didn't have a plan. That makes sense. Yeah, that was, that was me too, pretty much. Glad I am yeah. up here. So, yeah. So then, uh, excuse me. So then uh, your, ma- your, your majors, um, you were a broadcast journalism and a horticulture uh uh, I guess like major double major how'd you how'd you get a combination of those two um well you know on a on the farm like my my grandma uh heron was really into gardening and my dad grew up in a very rural uh place and you know he went to a country school you know they they had a huge potato patch and that's how they ate you know like they were very in a, in a really great wholesome way, they were very um, self-sufficient, and you know their life was really sustainable, and they relied on my grandma's huge garden, and uh, 
you know, I, I remember that was just part of my life. I don't think now I think that's now I really appreciate that more. You know, when I was a kid, I was just interested in it. Um, I was curious. I was a very curious little kid. And I loved seeing my grandma in her garden. And I loved just, you know, picking strawberries or, uh, you know, she would show me what she had in her little greenhouse um, where she was starting seeds. And, you know, she was just this expert, you know, this, this rural expert, you know, and um, I was really interested in that. And I think when I was in college, like I always let my curiosity kind of guide me. And that's how I am in life. You know, I just kind of, I have, I'm curious about a lot of different things and um, I sort of let those interests guide me. And so at some point I didn't know for sure if I wanted to, to do journalism. I really liked journalism school and I loved the teeth. I had great professors and, and they were great to me. Um, but I did, I, it was hard for me to look into the future and see, well, I'm going to be, doing broadcast journalism. It was just hard for me to see that picture. So um, yeah, I ended up kind of dabbling in horticulture. I didn't finish my degree because it was I, I would have had to stay an extra, I think, um, semester and take some more like physics or plant physiology or something. And I didn't have the stomach for that. So <laughs> I, I took a lot of classes though in horticulture. I got pretty close, I think. Um, but I didn't, I didn't end up finishing that, that degree. I did finish my journalism degree though. Okay. The one that matters, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I was just interested in horticulture. I was just interested in it. Just interested. I gotcha. I gotcha. So then um, while you're at SDSU, were you a part of any clubs or groups? Yeah. I was part of the flower judging team. Wow. Can you tell me a little bit about that? <laughs> well, I was like JV. Well, I, you know, I, I was probably not even JV. I was like uh you know, I was on the freshman team. I just thought it'd be funny to be on the flower judging team. And I, I really loved, uh, I don't know if Dave, Dave Graper was the, like the coach of the flower judging team. And I wasn't a, you know, I played sports in high school, but I wasn't an athlete in college or anything. So I thought it was it'd be kind of fun to tell people that I was on the flower judging team. And it was even more fun to tell them that I was like JV on the flower judging team. <laughs> it was cool though. You know, it was like every Tuesday night, and you would judge like uh, bases of flowers. And I learned a lot of great stuff about flowers. And so that was kind of a, that was a fun experience. Um, but yeah, as far as other clubs and things or activities in school, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't super involved. <laughs> I, 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 I wasn't, uh, I wish I would have been more involved, but I, I wasn't, I, I did a lot of theater, you know, I was in, I, I came to school on a theater scholarship and I loved uh, the professors in the theater program. And I made a lot of great friends in theater. And so performing in theater uh, became definitely part of my experience at school. So I guess I, I did, I did quite a bit of that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so actually funny enough, you bring up theater. I was wondering, do you know, uh, a Mike Hart at all? Were you guys like, like yeah, county club theater kind of thing or Mike, Mike's my business partner. And yeah, Mike and I actually met, you know, we, I, Mike and I knew each other in school. Um, just because I, you know, he, he was sort of a visible guy. He was involved in some things. He did drumline and um, he had some of his friends were 
people that I knew. Um, so I always knew kind of who Mike was, but we ended up doing capers together. Uh, I think he was maybe even in grad school. I think I was like a junior or something, but that's when I officially met Mike. And I think we did a, uh, a sketch where I was uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and like a Titanic sketch. And Mike was like the, the director of the, of the uh, film. I can't remember the guy who directed Titanic, but Mike was him. Oh, uh, James Cameron. Or... Yeah, there you go. That was Mike. <laughs> that's how I met him. That's a great story. So I was also told that, uh, did you, so did you have an internship in New York city? Just, I guess oh, yeah. Yeah. you were watering plants or something. You could probably, yeah, this was great. And, and like I said, you know, I was just kind of a curious kid, you know? And so I was always like, I don't know. I, if I was interested, I would, I would, you know, I would let that guide me. And, um, my sister April lived in New York. She still lives out there. Um, and she had a friend who started a company that uh, took care of plants in offices in Manhattan. And so she provided like plants and pots, you know, like they called it, uh, what did, what, there was a name for it, interior, well, it was like interior landscaping, I guess, I don't know. But, but you know, like she would, she would basically go in and take care of office executives plants. And so I got a job, like ha I had a route and every day I would go into the city and I would go into these, you know, beautiful office spaces, these incredible office spaces. Um, you know, people that are just like, I don't know, like the, the swankiest kind of offices you can imagine. <laughs> like it's very, very, like high-end swanky, I felt kind of nervous about being in there and I'm watering their plants. You know, I'm, I'm interrupting them. I'm knocking on their door and I'm asking, can I water your plant? And I've got like a watering can and I'm wearing a green polo that has a, you know, watering can on it. And it, like, that's what I did all, all summer. And it was, it was the best. Um, I remember I would go into their, they all had these really amazing like break rooms and the fridges were just stocked with like fancy drinks, you know, like um, this is in the nineties. I think it was like 97 or something, you know, now you have a LaCroix, yes. you know, like sparkling water is everybody drinks sparkling water, but in the nineties, like they they didn't have things like that unless, I don't know, like, I don't know where these beverages were coming from, but it was that kind of beverage you know, it really fancy drinks. So I, I remember I would always kind of raid the fridges. I would go into the fridge and I would take a 15 minute break and sip a sparkling cranberry juice. <laughs> and I'd be nervous that, you know, the rich, the rich executive whose plant I just watered would come in and see that I was drinking their drinks. But you know what, you know what I loved about this experience? And, and this, this had a huge impact because, you know, when you're a kid on a farm, especially, you're always hearing about life in the city, especially New York and how they're just not very friendly. But I had a completely opposite experience of that. People are, people were so kind, you know, and it just kind of, it has always stayed with me that just when you meet people and have a conversation, it doesn't matter where you're at. They're kind, they're friendly. They want to know more about you. Um, I had so many great conversations and I think probably because I was a carry, I was carrying a watering can. It was probably not, I wasn't very intimidating. So people weren't afraid to talk to me, but I had great, I had, I had a great experience out there. 
And I'm so, you know, I'm lucky that my sister April kind of made it happen for me because it wasn't my idea. It was hers. So I lived with her and I walked around in the city for a summer and it was a great, great experience. That definitely is a selling experience. I imagine telling everybody about your internship about just watering plants as a yeah. boot and holler. So, so then tell me about uh, fresh produce. How did you start that? Well, I had a internship at a radio station. Tom Coughlin um, was the station manager at Depot Radio. Tom Coughlin actually spoke in one of Roxanne's classes and he, he was great. He had this great energy. Um, and I, I was interested. I, I really loved radio. Like when you're on the farm radio become radio for us in the eighties was a big deal. And, uh, you know, I remember, the, I remember there were times in Beersford when I would drive around town cause there was this radio station in Omaha that we really loved cause they played great music that you didn't hear on like Sioux Falls stations. And uh, we would drive around town and on some foggy nights, we were, we would be able to get the signal. Like we would pull in that frequency and we would like park on the outside of town on a hill and we would listen to this Omaha radio station. And radio had this mysterious quality for me. Like it was, you know, you're listening to a different place. These are people in a different city, you know, like think of that, like a, a farm kid listening to like Omaha was a big city to me, listening to the radio. And this is an Omaha station. And these are the songs that they're listening to, you know, cause um, you know, when I was a kid and it wasn't even that long ago, but, but it, like now you can go on the internet and you can listen to anything you want from anywhere you want, but it was a little bit harder to find things, you know, when I was in high school. So radio was a big deal to me. I was really interested in radio, or at least it was like this, exciting kind of mysterious thing that I didn't know much about. So when Tom Coughlin spoke to our class, I was interested in him. He had great energy. It seemed like he liked his job. He was having fun. And so I got an internship at that radio station and they let me write radio ads. And I, I didn't know that I would enjoy that. I didn't know that's what I ended, would end up doing, but that's what I ended up doing. They, Cause I love storytelling and I, I liked writing like silly things, you know? And so that's what I ended up doing. And then, um, you know, radio is like a really, really great, like good locally owned radio where you have some creative, creative freedom. It's really fun to write and produce radio uh, because, you know, you're, you, it's only about all the sounds that you can make, what, whatever you can dream up and the, create sounds like you can do amazing things, but you have to figure out how to do it. You know, it, it's um, you, so you don't need much to make great radio, but you really need your creativity. And so it's a really, really fun, uh, like, you know, I suppose now it's like podcasting, like when you're producing podcasts, it's, it's really fun. But like, I remember radio was a really fun. Once I started getting into it, I just realized, oh my gosh, this is like the most amazing thing. And so that was my internship. I, I was writing and producing radio ads and then they ended up hiring me, um, the company that owned that radio station. It was like a company that owned you know, like 70 some radio stations, they hired me to be a copywriter for the, for the radio group. And that was my first like legitimate job, you know, out of school. And then after that, I decided that I would like to try copywriting at an ad agency. You know, I was always kind of intrigued by from, I didn't know much about what happened at an ad agency, but I, I had 
taken a couple or at least one class with Roxanne. And, and I remember she thought that I would enjoy that. And so she actually helped me after school, you know, like Roxanne helped me put together like a writer's portfolio so that I could interview at, at agencies. And I ended up getting a job as a copywriter at an agency, but then, um, I enjoyed it. I learned a ton, but I felt like there was more room in this market for a, a, an agency that would be more focused on creative, like just really specialized in creativity. That's kind of what I was interested in. And that's kind of how Fresh Produce started. It was that desire to do something that was more focused on creativity. But really when Fresh Produce started, it was Mike and I. So I mentioned Mike Hart. Um, he was at the radio station when I interned, he was the program director. So we became really good friends there. And um, in fact, Mike and I produced a lot of goofy radio ads together. And when we started Fresh Produce, we thought, well, let's do radio ads. Let's make that the deal. So we could focus on like creative radio production. And that's where the name Fresh Produce, you know, production, fresh, fresh ideas, radio production. We put those two, two things together and got Fresh Produce. Clever, yeah, no, I like that. So then, yes, yeah, speaking of the radio thing too, um, you also have a, a radio station or something like that, Rock Garden Tour. Yeah, when I was when I was an intern, I actually started a radio show that combined gardening and rock and roll, <laughs> just because you know everybody always wanted to know, like, why would why are you studying journalism and and gardening and I thought well I you know I, I used to as a joke I'd tell people that someday I'm going to do a radio show that combines gardening and rock and roll uh, so but I but I actually thought that was a good idea you know so then I decided well I'm going to actually try to do that so I put together a radio show and I pitched it to Mike and I kind of broke him down because I, I always tell this story but I I gave him a mixtape so I created a two-hour mixtape of what the show would sound like and it was really elaborate I spent a ton of time I'm Honestly, I spent a ton of time producing that mixtape. You know, like when we produced in studios in the 90s, like when I was in school, it was all done on like an eight tracker, you know, like a, the way you would produce things, it wasn't digital, it was on tape. So you had to learn how to, you know, so I, if I wanted to do an elaborate production, I had to learn how to operate this eight track, um, you know, editing system. So it took me a long time. And then I don't think Mike ever listened to the tape. I kept asking him, what'd you think of my tape? What'd you think of my tape? And I don't think he ever listened. But finally, you know, he just like, well, you can, yeah, okay. If you want a show, you can do a show. And he put me on, I think I, my first show was on Wednesday night from 10 to midnight. You know, like the safest yeah. late night show that he could, time slot that he could give me. And that's how I started producing that show. And I'm still producing that show. I still produce... In fact, I was writing a script last night for Rock Garden Tour, and it's still a radio show that combines gardening and rock and roll. Um, and I, you know, radio stations are always bought. And so like you could be at a radio station doing a show and then the next week it's purchased by some other company and they don't want your show anymore. So that's how it was for us. Like I would get my radio show on a radio station and then six months later it would be sold to somebody and then I'd have to find a new place to do my radio show. I'd been on maybe seven different radio stations, uh, but I just, it feels important and I don't, and I, you know, like I'll, I just wanted to keep doing it. So I would just try to find a new station to get it on. Um, but eventually we found uh, some, we met some people on at public broadcasting. And so we were on public broadcasting for a few years. Um, 
which was really, really fun. Uh, but then I fresh produce, you know, and I, I only have so much time. So, uh, I decided that it would be interesting and it's always kind of been a dream of mine to have a radio station. Um, and now you can start internet radio stations pretty easily. Well, not easily, but, but there's, there's, uh, there's programs that you can, that you can find where they, they automate. And if you figure out how to, you know, operate your station, like there's services now that like subscription services. So, so that's, we decided we'd start a rock garden to a radio station. And so we've been doing that for a few years and it's really fun. People listen to our radio station from all over the world. Like if right now, if I looked at who was listening to our station, there would be somebody from, from, you know, like there's always somebody from Germany, like always there's two people from Germany that listen to our station like 24 seven. Yesterday there was somebody from Japan. Um, there's always people from the United States. Yeah. There's a guy in Pennsylvania that loves our radio station and he emails me all the time. <laughs> it's so great. I mean, there's a lot of South Dakota people, but it's so fun. Like being on internet radio, they're listening from all over the world. Yeah. Can you tell me a little about like an episode? Do you talk about like roses and then all of a sudden like guns and roses goes off or like, yeah, that's kind of how I used to do it. Like it would always be, you know, there'd be some sort of a theme and then I would play songs around that theme. I don't do it as much that way anymore. Now we play a lot of new music that we call them like fresh picked or whatever, you know, there's uh, lots of new music that, that maybe you wouldn't hear on more commercial radio. Um, Cause I think that that's always been an exciting part of radio for me is like, you can listen to a show and it's, and it's like they're curating a list of songs that you would like. Maybe it's music that you haven't heard before. So we play a lot of that, but yeah, there's always some kind of a theme. Like the show I'm working on right now is it's about planning your garden. So planning season and uh, yeah, there's all kinds of goofy things that stem from that. Okay. It's fun. It's good to have a creative outlet like that, you know, and, and for me, it's, it's more than an outlet. It's like something that I, it just feels important to me. So I, I keep doing it. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I might have to listen sometimes. That's something that, really intrigues me it's just kind of like the niche topic but like yeah it's probably really fun yeah it's very fun so um you also teach a class here at sdsu advertising 492 uh what's that class about well that it's called creativity and practice and um you know i was always i think there's a lot of students that are like this you're creative you like storytelling it's hard for you to imagine like making a career out of being creative though and it's also a little bit intimidating to think about because you start to wonder, well, how do I know if my work is good or how am I going to keep coming up with ideas or how do I, you know, how do I consistently come up with ideas? There's a lot of, you, you learn a lot in school through the projects that you do. But what I felt like when, when I was in school, I would have loved to have a class that was just focused on, you know, like when you're doing a project, you come up with the idea and then you execute, like if it's a, if it's a paper or something like that, you know, you execute it. But I always thought that what was missing maybe as I reflected back on schools, like just a class that was focused more on how do you, how do you develop that idea? What, what's the pro, what's the creative process like to develop an idea? Because, you know, when you, when you get into, well, now, almost every company that I work with at, at Fresh Produce, whether they're um, 
like industrial, like we're working with a client right now that builds water towers. That's, that's their, what they do. And it's really great. And, and, but we also work with communications companies. We work with a, we work with a pizza restaurant, you know, like we work with all types of companies, but workforce is a really important challenge right now, like finding the workforce and the type of people that companies want to hire, they want creative, innovative type of people. That's what people, that's what they want. They want innovators. And it seems like that would be an opportunity. I, I just felt like, well, that was something that was maybe, how do you innovate? How do you consistently come up with ideas that would be innovative? And especially the way I grew up on a farm, creativity was looked at as something that some people have. Like some people have that talent, that ability to be creative. You hear that all the time. Oh, she's creative or he's creative. But they don't look at it, you know, like, I don't, I don't think we often look at creativity. It's like, well, that's something that everybody has. It's just something that some people practice more than others. And yeah, of course, some people have, have the ability, maybe are more, uh, it's more natural to them to be creative. But creativity is something that you can learn and it's something that you can practice, you know? And so that's kind of where the idea came from. Let's have a class, you know, it's just a one credit class, but let's have a crap class that's just about practicing creativity. How do you come up with ideas? It's really fun. I've really, you know, a big, it was attractive to me to teach the course just because I thought that I would learn a lot. I've definitely learned a lot from the experience and I, it's been fun to interact with students in that way. And I hope we keep doing it because I think it's been really good so far. Yeah. What do you enjoy most about teaching the class? The, you know, the interaction with, with students and learning from students. I think when, when you teach something, it gives you a broader, it gives you a much better understanding of it. Um, teaching is hard. You know, I, I had great professors. I think in the journalism department right now, there's great, great people and they're good at teaching. They care about what they're teaching. Giving feedback is really hard. Like being, being, being critical, you know, Roxanne and, and Mr. Paulson, um, Jim Paulson, who was my advisor when I was in school, they were so good. And, you know, I, I Jack Getz and Clock and all these guys who, who I had school with, they were really good at being critical of your work, but then also being, um, being encouraging. And that's a really important balance. You know, you want to be critical and be honest, but then also be encouraging. And that's been something that I, I need to get better at that. I could learn from, from the professors that I had because that's, that's hard, you know. Um, my wife's an art professor and I'm always asking her, like, how do you do that? You know, how do you give? I do it in my role as a creative director, but it's a little bit different when it's, you know, it's not a school setting, you know. It's just, it's just a little bit different. Um, so that's, that's, I think I can, I can grow a lot and that's exciting for me. You know, there's things that I can learn. Um, interacting with students and getting a sense for what they care about. Um, some of it's different than what it was like when I was in school, but you know what, a lot of it's the same. You know, I think that that's been really fun to kind of re-engage in that way, just with, um, you know, the excitement of being in school. It's a, it's a great time in life and it's fun to learn, you know, so I've, I've just been having a good time doing it so far. This podcast is the property of the School of Communication and Journalism at South Dakota State University, which reserves all rights to its use. Music by Cody M. Johnson and Tyler Addison James is licensed through AMP Music.